The NBA 2021-22 Conference Finals are in full swing, and we're here to talk about it. This is Run It Back, NBA Week in Review. This is the show where we recap the week that was, then take a deep dive into that week for select teams. Tonight, I'll be joined by Isaac Edelman of our partner site, flteams.com. Together, he and I will look at the conference finals. We'll share our thoughts on the future of the teams that didn't make it, what the likely outcome of the conference finals will be, share our fan experts' picks, and then discuss the NBA question of the day. Before we dive in, if you're watching this show, you are watching our live show. We will make some edits to this before it's posted, but uh, we would love to get your comments and questions. If you have any thoughts on tonight's game or our picks or anything that comes up tonight, please let us know. We would love to make you a part of the show. Um, Isaac and I would talk basketball anyway, so this is just what we do. Uh, we'd love to include you in that conversation. So uh, if you're watching us on Twitter, please jump over to uh, YouTube, search for The Peach Basket. You'll find us there. You can leave your comments. Again, we would absolutely love to talk to you. All right, let's dive right in. Isaac, welcome. I know you're in a good mood. We are going to talk about why you're in a good mood in a minute. But first, let's dive right in and say goodbye to four teams. These are the teams that didn't make it as far as the conference finals, the Grizzlies, the Sixers, the Suns, and the Bucks. So Isaac, what we're going to do is we're going to take each one of these teams and just briefly talk about what next season looks like for them. Do you think they're going to run it back? Do you think they're going to make some big changes or do you think it's time to blow it up? All right. Uh, we'll do it left to right. I'm going to go ahead and start with the Memphis Grizzlies. I think this is probably the easiest pick of the bunch. This team is primed. This team is, is good. They learned a lot in these playoffs, and there's absolutely no way they don't run it back. Uh, this team um, excelled, uh, played above their heads, and the experience that they got this season is, is just going to do them so much good. Um, I think they could probably – add some complimentary pieces, but th this team's core is in place and they are going to be a beast in the West next season. What are your thoughts on the Grizzlies? Yeah, no, everything you said, I agree with. I think that they are in their prime. Honestly, the only player who's not really in their prime is Steven Adams, but he's actually under contract for next season. Obviously, Bane is young. John Morant, superstar level already. Yeah. He's young. I I think there's absolutely no reason to blow it up, even though they got eliminated. Golden State looks like they're going to be headed to the finals, so there's no, you know, really embarrassment for yeah. losing that series. So, look, Memphis just wasn't as good as the team they lost to in right. Golden State, so absolutely no reason to blow up. They're going to be good for years to come, including next year. Yep. Absolutely. I, I will uh, say this uh, as a, uh, you know, as a site that's dedicated to all things basketball, not just NBA, but basketball in our existence, we've never had a Memphis Grizzlies contributor. Uh, we've had contributors for about 20 of the teams for whatever reason, we can't get a Grizzlies contributor. So if you happen to watch this and you uh, enjoy Grizzlies basketball and, and want to write, want to pod, want to stream, want to, want to be involved uh, as a little bit more than a fan, we call it. We call our team fan experts. Uh, reach out. We would love to to uh, to talk to you and and uh, get you on board next season because I think the Grizzlies uh, franchise is is looking good and that team is going to be great next season. Now the Sixers are a little different. 
Um, you know, thinking back to Embiid, he talked about the process. Be patient. We're going to grow. We're going to grow. And they did. I mean, every season they got a little bit better. They, they, every season they, they seemed to, you know, to learn a little bit. They had that great core, I thought, with Ben Simmons and uh, uh, Embiid. And, and then this season it all blew up. Now, man, I, I, I don't know what to make of this team anymore. Um, so if I'm saying, right, do we blow it up? Do we run it back? Do we make some, some minor changes? I don't think you blow it up in the sense that, you know, you, you trade Embiid. That would be a blow up. But I think there's got to be some major changes in um, in Philadelphia. Um, I really do. And it'll be very interesting to see if Doc Rivers survives. There's been some rumblings that he might be out. So I don't think this team runs it back. I don't think the Sixers are going to be the Sixers that we saw at the end of this season. I think Tobias Harris might be gone. I think there'll be some changes. Um I don't know what, but I, I think that this team, as constructed, has probably gone as far as they can go. Uh, you're the East Coast guy. I'm not. What are your thoughts on the Sixers? Um, it, it, It's interesting. The Sixers definitely have the talent, right? I mean, between uh, Maxie, Harden, Embiid, Flybull, yeah. the, the talent's there. It's Tobias Harris as well. But – but the same thing keeps on happening every year, no matter how much talent they have. You, there has to be a point where you, you, you just break down completely or you go all in. And I feel like the Sixers kind of went all in with that Ben Simmons trade. Yeah. Um, and, and again, nothing happened. They faced the Heat, blah, blah, blah. There's no excuse because you look at it talent-wise, the Sixers are better than the Heat. The Sixers are arguably better than any East team. I mean, you could pair them with the Bucks. I mean, Giannis over Embiid, but besides that, Harden, Maxi, you know, the Sixers are the real deal. I, I think that the Sixers are not going to completely fall apart, but we may see something crazy. I'm not yeah. even going to take a James, uh, a Joel Embiid trade out of the, the options. If Embiid's traded, the Sixers are going hmm. to get back major pieces in return. True. So what I'm thinking is going to happen, and I hope you clip this so we can look back at this. The Sixers are not going to completely fall apart, but they're going to break down in a way that big things happen this offseason. But the big things are not going to make them much worse. I had them making the playoffs next year with these moves. I feel like a good example is a Joel Embiid trade, but they get back great pieces in return. Uh, you know, uh, Joel Embiid trade is going to get any team major pieces back. So sure. the Sixers could be good next year. I don't know, but the Sixers definitely do not need to fully rebuild or break down, yeah. but they need to break down to an extent. And Matisse Thybul is going to get traded, I think. But that is not going to get you a lot in return. You yeah. need a big trade to happen, and that's why I have the Sixers trading someone big like Harden or maybe Embiid. All right. Well, I think we both agree that uh, the team that left the floor this season will not be the team that Correct. comes back yep. for the 76ers. I think that's that's pretty fair. Now, we jump to the Phoenix Suns. This is a very interesting team. This is the best team in basketball record-wise this season. They looked unbeatable at times. I mean, really, they looked unbeatable. They were good offensively, defensively. They had... You know, Chris Paul playing just amazing basketball. A guy in Devin Booker that you could trust, a solid center uh, who, who you know, who's a rim protector. They, they're just good. 
and yet they just they fell apart uh, kind of shockingly you know and th there's been some rumblings about injuries and stuff so I, I, I don't know I don't know what to make of this team I mean the, the, the thing about the Suns is as young as they are they really depend on Chris Paul and Chris Paul is not young and um, you know he's originally you know he said that he's coming back then I heard some rumblings he might retire who knows I mean obviously if he retires which I don't see happening everything changes for the Suns. Um, but I don't know I, if, if it's, we're back to the same question, do they run it back? Do they blow it up? Do they make some tweaks? I think the Suns just need to make some tweaks. I don't think there's a lot here that, that they need to do. This is still a very good team. Their core is still really young. Um, I just think there's so much riding on Chris Paul, you know, that, um, and, and even if he does come back, you know, the thing about guards is generally they fall off a cliff, right? Um, where you see, you know, bigs generally, you know, they decline slowly, but point guards just just kind of tend to, to fall off a cliff. And we kind of saw a little bit of that in real time in the playoffs. Chris Paul had a great game and then he, he just disappeared. Now, there's a lot of talk again about him being injured. He might have very well been. But we'll see. I mean, the, the Suns are, are iffy. They had a great opportunity this season. Unfortunately, didn't get it done. Bottom line, I think some small tweaks for the Suns, but their core stays intact. What do you think? Well, here's what's interesting. Their big men are free agents. JaVale McGee, Bismack Bayombo, and DeAndre Aiden. On yeah. my site, FL Teams, we wrote an article about DeAndre Aiden. Self-promotion, Isaac. How the how dare you? <laughs> I know, I know. The, the, the article title was Phoenix's 2022 playoff flameout makes Orlando a potential free agent destination for DeAndre Aiden. This Orlando name in the title can be substituted with every team. Sure. DeAndre Aiden is interesting. And in the article, we didn't just talk about the possibility of the magic. We literally talked about the Suns and their financial outlook and specifically mm -hmm. what it will cost to re-sign De DeAndre Aiden. And yeah. it's going to cost a lot, to say the least. And yeah. when you think about it, the Suns need maybe one more piece, right? Because CP3 is up in age. Booker is still in his prime. Mm -hmm. But for next season, you don't need to worry about Booker. But you kind of mm -hmm. do need one more piece. You Even do. though the Suns finished with the number one seed. So that that piece needs money put aside for. So it's going to cost a lot for Phoenix to resign DeAndre Aiden. And then also in the article, there's some internal drama between Aiden and the Suns. So if you look yeah. at it, if you look at it, the Suns are going to be without a big man heading into this offseason. You're going to need to get a big man. And why? Well, I don't have the Suns breaking apart. CP3, right. still performing high. Booker, obviously. You are not going to break apart with a player like Booker on your team. It's as simple mm -hmm. as that. And if you break apart, well, then Chris Paul is going to request a trade. And then you say, well, maybe if you're Phoenix, we'll trade CP3, and that's going to start our rebuild. But honestly, the Suns finish with the number one seed. It is so rare in any sport to see the number one seed team to just break apart the following year. Yeah. And really the only time that occurs is if a player is a free agent. And when I say a player, I don't mean an Aiden. I mean like a Booker, right? If mm. Booker's a free agent, maybe you just let him go and then you rebuild. But no, Booker and CP3 are here next year as of now. Yep. 
You bring up a great point with Aiton. And, uh, you know, when I said the core would be back, I honestly was not counting DeAndre Aiton. Not to say he wasn't part of the core because obviously he was, but I think he's had his foot out the door um, for about a good half of this season. He has had some turmoil, some conflict with the uh, you know, ownership. Um, so, I, yeah, I think he's gone. Uh, I don't think there's any denying that. And so, you know, the makeup of that team is going to change. I don't think there's there's any doubt about that. But, you know, when I think of the core of the Phoenix Suns, like right now I think CP3, I think Devin Booker. But you're right to say they need a third player. They, and um, they need a big man now. If, if Aiden's out the door, which, again, I think he is, they, they yeah, need well, a big man. They just bring in Mo Bamba. I think uh, that that's a match made in heaven, actually. Um, read more about it at flteams.com. All right, let's jump to the last team. This is a team that I, I don't think it has got to change at all. Um, I think the Milwaukee Bucks had a really tough time. They, they played without Chris Middleton, and we saw how important he is to this Milwaukee Bucks team. They have literally, in my opinion, the best player on the planet. Giannis is incredible. Um, Drew Holiday is incredible. I mean, this is just a good team. Um, they're not here because Chris Middleton wasn't here. You have said it before. You've said it all season long. Uh, generally, the team that is healthiest wins the uh, the NBA Finals. And uh, the Bucks weren't healthy. You know, really. I mean, it, you hate to oversimplify it, but kind of what it comes down to. I think if Chris Middleton were healthy, we'd be talking about the Bucks and you know the Bucks game today. Uh, but we're not, and he isn't. So. Uh, I think this team runs it back. Maybe some minor tweaks. What do you think? Yeah, they're running back. I mean, their free agency class is interesting. First of all, they have Giannis. His brother is a free agent. Man, they have to bring him back or Giannis won't be an MVP-level talent next year, right? Yeah. <laughs> he needs his brother. Um, it's interesting, though. Abaka, Connaughton, Portis, and Wesley Matthews. It's an interesting group of free agents. Um, it doesn't really matter if the – Bucks bring them back or not because if they let them go, they're obviously going to bring in similar bench pieces. But right. they have Giannis, they have Middleton, and they still have Brooke Lopez. They are going to run it back as they should. I mean, yeah. again, like you said, I don't think the Celtics would have won the series if uh, Middleton was healthy. And even if the Celtics won the series with the healthy Middleton, well, I mean, I guess the Celtics were too good for the Bucs. The Bucs have no reason to break apart. They're going to be good this offseason. I don't think they're going to sign any big pieces. But like I said, Abaka, Connington, Portis, and Matthews are free agents. Maybe one or two of them will be brought back. If not, they're going to bring in other pieces. But again, those pieces are not going to determine Milwaukee's success. So I don't know what the Bucs are going to do this offseason, but – they're definitely not breaking apart. They're not getting rid of any of their top pieces. Yep. Agreed. Hate to bring this up, but it, it is Bucks related. Uh, I hate to bring it up because it's also Lakers related. One of the things that uh, one of the pieces that the Bucks might lose is Darvin Ham, who is a finalist apparently for the Los Angeles Lakers coaching position of the three that have been mentioned. I won't go deep down this Lakers rabbit hole, but uh, Darvin Ham, Kenny Atkinson, and Terry Stotts, I like Darvin Ham the best. Uh, I would rather go with somebody new um, who's, I think, going to get immediate respect for a team that needs respect at that position or at that role. Um, I, I would like to see them hire Darvin Ham. We'll see if it, uh, if it works out that way. But that would be a key loss, I think, for, for the Bucs. Um, but we'll see how that plays out. This is not going to turn into Lakers talk. All right, 
You mentioned the Boston Celtics. Great segue into the Eastern Conference Finals. Calm down, man. Calm down. You can see that the updated score, the Heat now lead 2-1 to one after a gutsy performance in Game 3. This was a game in Boston coming off a blowout loss. Um, without, you know, in the second half, their star and Jimmy Butler, the Heat showed great poise. Honestly, just great, great, great poise. And most surprisingly for me, the Celtics didn't. This was a team playing at home who had every advantage. It seemed like the Heat were doing all they could to give the game to the Celtics. And the Celtics just made bad passes. What I noted a lot was there were a lot of bad cuts, which resulted in really, really risky bounce passes. That led to 19, last I counted, 19 steals by the Miami Heat. An incredible number of steals. They had three players with four steals, one player with three. And I think it's because, you know, the Celtics were just, they were loose. They, 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 they weren't concise. They didn't, they, they, they didn't play like they wanted to win. Uh, which is really weird, which is really, really weird. Now, I want to give you know one, uh, the mic, if you will, to, to a Boston Celtic fan. Uh, Daniel Romo, a longtime contributor at the Peach Basket, tweeted this. The Celtics lose a game in which it never seemed like they did, like they wanted to win. A golden opportunity for the Celtics now vanishes and the Heat take back home court. One of the worst losses of the season. Just a pathetic performance. Game four is now a must win. Um, harsh words from a Celtics fan, but yeah, man. I mean, this is this is a game that the Celtics could have won. This is a game that the Celtics should have won. Um, but Miami just would not give it up. They, they, they really did try. It felt like. But when the rubber hit the road and they needed a big shot, the Heat got it. The Celtics didn't. When you needed to lock down defensive position or a defensive set, a defensive um, uh, play, the Heat got it. The Celtics didn't. Um, that's what it comes down to. And and, and you, uh, you hate to say it, but encapsulated into one game, the Heat played like a championship team. The Celtics didn't. Boom. That's what it comes down to for me. Um, so I know as an unbiased uh, participant with no horse in the race, you'll be fair and completely, uh, um, again, unbiased in your analysis. Go ahead, man. Mike's yours, Isaac. What'd you think of this game tonight? Unprobable. You're in Boston, man. And you're coming off a terrible loss in the heat win. No Jimmy Butler for the second half. Yeah. And listen to this stat. And then I'm going to go off on the Celtics because, you know, I had to do that, right? The Heat have outscored the Celtics in only two of the 12 quarters this series. Wow. Two out of the 12 quarters, and yet Miami's up 2-1. to one. This wow. is an elite team right here with an elite defense with an elite bench. I don't care how many people told me and other Heat fans headed in, he, heading into the playoffs that depth doesn't matter in the playoffs. Well, how many times do we have to say that the healthiest team wins. When Jimmy Butler's out, someone needs to step up. And the heat depth is everywhere. Like they're playing people like Gabe Vincent, Max Drews. Those are yeah. depth pieces. Look, the Heat deserved to win this game. Now I know you say that they didn't, but they deserved to win this game because they were playing harder. True. They were playing harder. No and doubt. 
They wanted the game more than Boston did. No doubt. But what amazes me is the fact that the Heat won in Boston because Boston is one of the hardest places to win in. Plus, the Celtics were fully healthy. Um, obviously, Williams was was out, so that's not fully healthy. But they they they've played a lot without him this season. So yeah. I, I don't know what I have to say about that. But anyway, the Heat were without their number one player, Jimmy Butler. He's been carrying them this whole yeah. series. And I just said this whole series. No, this whole playoffs. Like, literally, no one else has stepped up. Hero hasn't stepped up. Bam hasn't. Larry hasn't. Strews kind of has been Miami's second-best offensive player, but he hasn't had, like, any mind-blowing performances. It's literally just been Butler. And the fact that Miami won on the road without Butler for the majority of the game is just mind-boggling. Yeah. I I think that the Heat won this game even though they didn't play well. And that's where, you know, you have to discuss the Celtics who did not shoot well at all. Tatum, look, you, you know what I think about Tatum, but being unbiased here, he didn't shoot well. He didn't play he didn't. well. Yeah. Jalen Brown, though, magnificent. Mm-hmm. Nothing but positive things to say about him. Smart. His defensive presence is always shown offensively. I mean, you, you don't have a lot of high expectations for him on the offensive end. I think he played like he does usually on offense. Mm-hmm. But the Williams absence obviously showed because, yeah. well, Bam Adebayo went off. And you know what yeah. I think about Bam? He's sometimes a waste of space. Really, he's sometimes a waste of space. He is so athletic, but he never shows his athleticism. He finally did tonight, but again, that's because Williams was out. A few yeah. more things. Victor Oladipo had four steals tonight. When I talk mm-hmm. about the Heat depth, I want to talk about Depot. He barely played in the first round against the Hawks, but he played tonight. I don't know why. The Heat were basically fully healthy. When, when Butler was healthy in the first half, Oladipo still played. Anyway. Mm-hmm. He had twice as many steals as the Celtics as a team. The Celtics only had two steals. And that's right. interesting because Marcus Smart usually carries that load. The Heat finished with 19 steals, like you said. Anyway, Bam Adebayo, 31 points tonight, 10 rebounds, yeah. 6 assists. Yeah. Bam also had 4 steals. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. And also, Bam shot 15 of 22 from the field. Like, yeah. these are mind-boggling numbers against a top-tier defensive team like Boston. Again, yeah. in Boston. So, really, overall, the Heat are up in the series. Game four is in Boston. Let's say the Celtics take that game. The series is tied at two. Headed to Miami for game five. Really, every game in the playoffs is a must-win, let's be honest. But, mm-hmm. yeah, if the Celtics lose game four, they're down 3-1, and... With game five in Miami. Yeah. No, yeah, it's over. This it's Daniel over. Daniel's absolutely right. Um, the next game is must win, you know, and, and I fully expect the Celtics to show up. And, and by the way, Butler's injury doesn't look too bad. He okay. is probably gonna play next game. I'm gonna add, yeah. Yeah, well, sorry for cutting you off, but, <laughs> but I, I may have my doubts against the Celtics because sometimes post game injuries arise. I'm just saying, like Jason Tatum's shoulder, Marcus Smart had a bad injury. They all came back and played, but there could be lingering issues post game. Sure. That's sure, a possibility, sure. right? Sure. Listen, this is the one thing I'll say 
uh, as a, as a Celtics fan, I have no horse in this particular race. Uh, and I generally try to stay agnostic anyway, but for the Celtics, I think you had everybody play good basketball with the exception for, for the majority of the game, not overall, but for the majority of the game, like you mentioned, Marcus Smart was okay. was good. Uh, Al Horford, who you didn't mention, I thought played really well. Jalen Brown played really well. It's just that Jason Tatum didn't. He didn't show up. Um, you know, he didn't score well. Uh, he made really poor passes. Uh, he had a lot of his passes, you know, turned over. And so, you know, th- that's a problem. And I don't expect him to repeat that. Um, and they didn't have Time Lord, right? Robert Williams, which I think is a big part of why Bam went off. Because Bam has been non-existent. You brought it up more than once. So the only thing I think is looking positive for the Celtics on the eve of a really poor loss is the fact that, you know, their star, because he is a star, did not play well. And you don't expect that two games in a row. And they didn't have Time Lord, who they might have back. We don't know. Uh, But yeah, the the toughest thing, and you know, I've talked about this plenty is, you know, watching teams, you know, suffer through injury. You know, I think if, if every NBA season had you know, every player guaranteed health. Uh, I think, you know, I think a lot of the, 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 the teams that ultimately, you know, lifted the Larry O'Brien would be different. Uh, injuries play a big part. Boom. Uh, like it or not, that's just the way it is. So the heater up to one. Could I say one last thing? Of course. The Celtics are done. And, and I'll, and I'll tell you why. It's mm-hmm. not just, you know, me being that heat fan, the Celtics mm-hmm. are outscoring the heat in almost every quarter, and they're getting to the free throw line way more than the Heat. Yet they're losing. I, I just think that the Heat play better. Maybe they're not better when you look at the roster and you match up their skill sets, but I think the Heat are winning this series. They're playing better. I don't see it turning around. The, the series is over. I just had to put that in. I'm sorry. But the stats I'd expect nothing less. Yeah, the only exactly. thing I'm surprised about is we've talked now heat basketball for about 10 minutes and you haven't once brought up Yurtsevin. That's the only thing that's shocking to me. Let's look at what our fan experts said. If you look at the bottom here or, you know, to, to our right, uh, overwhelmingly, uh, we got the uh, Celtics winning uh, in six. Uh, so that's our fan experts prediction. Um, and when I shared that with Isaac, he said, well, they're wrong. So we'll see how this plays out. Let's jump to the Western Conference. This is um, not nearly as competitive as the East. Um, I said at the start of the playoffs that I thought it was really interesting. I thought the the teams in the East were more intriguing than the teams in the West. And it's really proven to be that way. I thought the one intriguing team uh, in the West was the Grizzlies. And uh, they played great up until the time they were ousted. And that's not to say, you know, to take anything away from, from the Warriors or the Mavericks, but um, I, I thought there was great, there were more great teams in the East than there were in the West, which is kind of shocking because for years it had been the other way around. Um, what we're seeing in the Western Conference is a revitalized Golden State Warriors basketball team. Um, at the start of the season, everybody said the Warriors were back. Everybody said Clay Thompson was going to be back, and I was not so sure. It takes a while. He hadn't played in two years. It takes a while to get your legs, but he had so much regular season time to get his bearings that right now he's looking really good. Steph Curry is doing Steph Curry things. Draymond Green is is, is the anchor, 
and, and they still got Wiggins. And then you, 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 you got this diamond in the rough that you find called Jordan Poole. It's like, man, this team is just, I don't know, man, they're, they're really good. And, and over in Dallas, you've got, you know, the future face of the NBA, Luka Doncic, who's the real deal. And he's getting some help from, uh, from Brunson. Um, but Dinwiddie has got to step up. They, they, they just need more. They need more. And, and, um, Let's just jump right to our to our fan experts pick. Overwhelmingly, uh, we've got the Warriors winning in six. Um, so I, I don't personally, you know, six I think is about right. I, I think Dallas will win a game or two, um, but uh, I fully expect the Warriors uh, to be in the finals. What are your take? What's your take on uh, on the Western Conference? Oh, it's definitely not as competitive as the Eastern Conference, as you said. Yeah. But I, I think we looked back at a few weeks ago on Run It Back. I said that everything has to go right for the Mavericks. Right. Right? Yeah. And that was interesting because literally, you know, when you, when you look at Golden State, they they haven't had everything right. And that's what I said. I mean, the Mavericks need to have everything go right to beat Golden State. And that's just saying that Golden State doesn't have everything right. So I'm going to use last game, game two, as an example. Both teams were very close the whole way until Golden State pulled it out. Mm-hmm. The Mavericks, let's just say they, 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 okay, they were close to having everything go right. But so was Golden State. So then go, the edge goes to Golden State, right? I mean, Golden State is just way better. I mean, if you look at the Warriors, you could tell that they're just unstoppable. I mean, their shooting is unmatched. Like, Luka Doncic makes a shot, but then Golden State does. That's what happened last game. If you guys watched game two, both teams were trading shots. There was no defense. Both of these teams are not defensive teams. They're fully offense, but when you compare their offenses, the Mavericks are nowhere near as tough and as just competitive as the Warriors. And that's just... You know, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and some guy named Jordan Poole. But credit to the Mavericks for really making game two competitive. Jalen Brunson is performing like you, the usual. Yeah. Like the whole playoffs, Doncic is Doncic. I don't need to break down his, you know, his game of basketball. But Dinwiddie, we could break down. He needs to do more. But outside of those three, the, the Mavericks really have no one. I mean, Powell sometimes plays well. Um once in a while, Bertans, you know, comes off the bench and makes threes. Uh, Reggie Bullock, though, is an interesting one. Mm-hmm. He he sometimes, you know, contributes. But, again, everything needs to go right for the yeah. Mavericks to beat Golden State. So yeah. far, that hasn't happened. I don't think that will happen. Maybe yeah. when Game 3 and Game 4 hit, when the games are in Dallas, the Mavericks are torn around. But, again, you really need Doncic to perform, Brunson to perform perform didn't want to perform and bullock it's a lot yeah. to ask for and let's say all of those things happen well then you have to hope golden state doesn't have everything go right right so the mavericks are in a bad position golden state's just the best team and this happens in sports sometimes you're just unmatched you can't complain you just have to move on and it's getting to that point it's only two nothing, but once it gets to three nothing, you know it's over, and that can happen tomorrow. Yeah, it could. I'll add to that a little bit. I I think everything has to go right for the Mavericks over four quarters. 
right? Because everything was going right for the Mavericks over a couple of quarters. They had a big lead over the Warriors in game two, but then you know, they couldn't sustain it. And so everything has to go right for every quarter. Um, and, and that, yeah, it's a tall ask. Um, I, again, I don't think it's going to be 4-0. I don't even think it's going to be 3-0. I do think Dallas wins a game in Dallas, maybe two. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, like you called out, uh, there's just too many weapons. This Golden State Warriors team just looks good. Um, so that is our overview of the teams that didn't make it this far and the conference finals. Let's get to the NBA question of the day. This one wrote itself. It's pretty easy. We're going to rank the four remaining teams in order of most likely to win it all. We're going to start with the team at number four. This is the team least likely. Um, all right, you go first, Isaac. Who is your least likely, unbiased, least likely team to win it all? The Mavericks. Oh, for real? Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. I, I If I was a betting man, I just would have lost some money. You know how uh, mad I wanted to say You know how badly <laughs> I wanted to I say do. this. Yeah, I do. I agree. Yeah, I think the Mavericks for sure. Um, I think they, you know, and I want to preface this by saying I think all of these four teams are amazing. And, and I think if we were to somehow miraculously get, you know, Mavericks versus Heat or Mavericks versus Celtics, it'd be a, a great finals. Uh, Warriors, Celtics, Warriors, Heat. These are all great matchups. So I'm excited however it plays out. But uh, yeah, the Mavericks are my number four. Who comes in at number three? The Boston Celtics. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I knew you were going to say that. Um, I think you know, for me, I, you know, I've, and I, I hesitate to say because Isaac is a very big Heat fan. Oh gosh, I had say- the Celtics winning uh, this series. I, I really do think it's going to be Celtics versus Warriors, uh, which would mean the Heat would be my number three. But now that the rubber hits the road, and I and I got to put a put a number here. Give me a minute just to kind of process. The Heat are up two one. They just look like the better team today. Um, I think I, I think, and and this is hundred percent contradictory. And I can and, and I'll own it. I still think the Celtics are going to win the series because that's what I started with, and I'm going to stay with it. But as of right now. Right this second, the Celtics are the number three ranked team. The Heat uh, right now have got a better chance, I think. So I agree with you, Celtics. By the way, by the way I, I, I hate to be that overthinker, but you know, you know how teams match up better against certain sure. teams? Sure. So let's say – how can I say this? All right, let's say you have the Celtics winning – this series against the Heat, right? Mm-hmm. So you'd put the Heat at three and the Celtics at two. Well, not necessarily because if you are an overthinker, you could say that the Heat match up better against Golden State than the Celtics do, right? So even though the Celtics may win the series, maybe the Heat are the second most likely to win it above the Celtics because if the Heat faced Golden State, maybe they're going to force seven games where the Celtics couldn't even – you know, four six. That's overthinking it, but I'm just saying. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. There's a few people that may think like that, where 
you know, yeah, the, yeah. Heat, the Heat are going to win the series, but maybe the Celtics, for whatever reason, are more likely to win it all. I, I, I hear what you're saying, and, and I don't think it's an overthink at all. I, I think it's a valid question. Who matches up better? Because I think we all agree that the Warriors are the likely West uh, Western Conference representative who matches up better. I think it's a good question. But that's not the question of the day necessarily. So the Celtics we bought, we got solidly at number three. This one I'm really curious about. Well, you, who can't, is, you can't go to two. You have to go to one first and then two. Is that right? All right. Yeah, we can yeah. do that way. That's fine. Who is your number one pick to win it all after today? Old Mayor Yurtsevin's Miami Heat. It's too late, man. We almost made it. We almost made it a whole show without an Old Mayor Yurtsevin. Actually, I brought him up already, though. So shame, <laughs> yeah. on, shame on me. You think the Heat? You you think the Heat? All right. Uh, obviously, I, I mean, I think the Warriors. I think the Warriors are the favorite. Um, although I think Miami Heat versus Golden State Warriors would be epic. Um, and by the way, the Heat. Well, for not for non for a regular NBA fan, it kind of wouldn't be epic because the Heat would kind of limit Golden State's powers in terms of high scoring games because the Heat don't play high scoring games. But it would be epic. I'm obviously I think it'd be epic. Yeah. But I'm just saying for whatever reason, the Heat are not that. And I understand this as a Heat fan being unbiased. The Heat are not that fun to watch sometimes because of slow scoring defensive basketball. Defensive-minded basketball is entertaining, but obviously offense over defense. I get what you're saying. And I think the NBA would want to see Boston versus, you know, the Warriors. I, I agree. East I Coast, agree. West Coast, uh, yeah. multiple championships, although yeah. you get the same with the Heat. You know, but this 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 Celtics team is, is so young. They haven't won anything. Uh, Heat have. The Heat have been in the finals just a few years back. Um, so yeah, I think that, that would be an incredible matchup, but yeah, I think, I think the Warriors, uh, would be my number one pick right now. Uh, I just think they're so hungry. They know their window is closing. They're older. Um, they're not going to make the stupid mistakes and, and I hate to harp on the Celtics. And I know you hate it when, 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 when I bash the Celtics, Isaac, so apologies, but they're not going to make the same stupid mistakes the Celtics made tonight. They, the, the Warriors are going to be great in crunch time because they're a mature veteran team. Um, so, yeah, they're my pick right now. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. So, outstanding. Playoff basketball is the best. Um, it, you know, when you watch NBA regular season games on a Tuesday, you know, you'll see people come off screens and people, don't, you know, don't fight through. There's no diving for loose balls. And you don't want your team doing that on a Tuesday in regular season game number 32. But you see f- people fighting through picks. You see people diving um, for loose balls. It's fun to watch NBA uh, playoff basketball. All right, man. That is it. That is our show. We will likely come back when the finals are set. Uh, right now, it sounds like uh, Isaac is picking Miami versus the Warriors. I got the Celtics versus the Warriors. We'll see who has the last laugh in the next show. I appreciate you watching. Isaac, thank you as always for, for joining. Always great to talk to you. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time when the NBA finals are set. We'll see you then.